Hi, and welcome to Glastocast, the unofficial Glastonbury podcast. I'm here with Jesse. Hi, guys. And I'm here with Miguel. Hey, everyone. And do you know what, guys? It's really good to be back. Yay, we're really glad to have you back. Thank it's you very much. Again. Thank you. Yeah, it felt yeah, like a we, long time I since I feel like we're gonna, we, work, we did a good job you did last do. episode, Jesse, yes. but I think we work better as a trio. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic. Great to see you guys. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to move on from the last episode where we talked about arriving at Glastonbury, and we're going to talk about camping tips. Camping is obviously a big part of Glastonbury, so we want to talk about making it nice and comfortable for you, making sure you've got everything you need. But then we're going to move on and talk about where to camp. Glastonbury is a massive site. Um, between us, we've camped in a number of different places, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about yeah, that and, it's a big and various question. different places. Yeah, there yeah. are many options. Absolutely. Oh, too, probably too many to talk about, but we'll, we'll certainly do our best. And then finally, we're going to you know, touch on the dreaded... Uh, subject of toilets <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where we kind of have to talk about it no one really likes it but you know there are ways around it <laughs> and i think that we can certainly make it as you know nice an experience as we can we want to just make you feel a bit there's lots of always rumors saying oh they're they're really horrendous and it's a thing that people talk about it is isn't it i mean we want to say it's really not that bad well that's there certainly used to be very horrendous yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah there's been a lot, be a lot of rumors, <laughs> and that's, that's something we're going to discuss Okay, so point number one, um, we talked about camping tips. I think this carries on really nicely from the last episode of of arriving, Mm. um, because now what we're going to do is we're going to start setting up our tent. We've already talked about the equipment. We've talked about everything that we're going to be needing. So we're all set. We're all good. But there are other things that you can do, certainly in, in on the way. And people will notice that when... Once you do get there, there are lots of people who instantly want to help you. They want to help you get to where yes. you want to go. Mm. Uh, and, and so one of the first things I remember is uh, getting through someone. Although I don't think they hand out bags anymore. They used to hand out those little tote bags, didn't they? Oh, the tote bags. Were yeah. yeah, true. They were quite nice. I don't think they had those in 2017. They were selling no. them, weren't they? They were selling oh, right. them for £4 okay. a game. I, I did get home and think, oh, I haven't actually got one. Wait, you know why? It's, it's, not because... the, it's not the one from The Guardian or no? Something no, else? no, 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 no. Different one. The little tote the bags that you get when you go it? in. It's oh, because yeah, Yeo Valley used Yeo to Valley, do them yeah. and they're not a sponsor anymore. Oh, right. Okay. That was why. But yeah. Okay, perfect. So other yogurt products are available so we will say that but yeah so maybe, yeah moving off of that the other thing i remember is is the big map um which is my first kind of wow okay i'm here that's a that's a big place i'm going to be exploring but one of the things that they're handing out is both bin bags and recycling bags mm, yes. and i just think this is a great opportunity to just take some you're gonna i think people are going to probably use more bin bags than they quite realize throughout their stay so just yeah. getting a couple um especially making sure if people have got one each I always take a couple because there's always going to be someone in my group that doesn't know what's going on and they've forgotten one. Yeah. Plus, spare bin bag, if it's a wet year, it's really good to help you keep your clothes dry keep if you've forgotten dry, yeah. your own. So, really good Sitting idea. Sitting on it. Sitting on it. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's not what they're meant for, but, you know, emergencies, needs must. But one of the things I do when we set up our tent, I'm one of the people that takes a flagpole. Okay. Um, I never used to, and I always used to, when I'd set my tent up, I'd always, right, look round and see which was the nearest flag that I yeah. could remember. Mm-hmm. So now I actually that take my, my own flag. Strategy. Yeah, yeah. So, so I actually take my own flag now. And I always tie a recycling bag and a bin bag to it. Okay, that's uh, The good. first thing I do, that way, once you're setting your, your camping up and, and what have you, if there's any rubbish, straight, straight in, in having my first beer or cider or whatever, can, straight in. Straight in. Okay. And also, when people are walking past, if they see it, I think it might encourage them to just... 
drop one in there rather than oh, chuck that's it. That's excellent. And I mean, you... this together with your toilet bro in the Ziploc bag. Oh, yeah. You're kind of the MacGyver well, of Glastonbury. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, I'll just need a utility belt or something, yes. won't I? Well, that's the thing. I think it's... I, I hate walking through uh, the tents and seeing people who have just almost like made a pile of rubbish in the middle of their tents. Yeah. I think that's awful. Yeah. Grab a couple of bin bags. It, all it takes is, I mean, I always tie mine. You tie yours to a flagpole, um, Rob. I tie mine just to the inside of my tent, mm. um, in the tent poles. Okay. And then when I'm in there, again, if I'm, you know, doing my makeup in the morning or whatever, throwing these away, uh, uh, baby wipes, etc., I can just chuck them straight yeah. in there. And then, yes, we also have some set up outside as well. So we tie some up so that the group can use yeah, them. Yeah. Excellent. I suppose the another, another thing about the having it on the outside, if it does rain, mm. it gets a bit wet and soggy. And so maybe it is nice to have that one inside the tent yeah, for, okay. the, for the, for the things that aren't going to smell. Yeah. Um, just chuck them straight in, like you say, your toiletries or whatever, crisp packet wrappers, chocolate bar wrappers, just get them straight in. Anything to just make sure that that rubbish is going to be contained somewhere. Cause it makes Monday a lot easier. It certainly does. Obviously, we very much um, subscribe to the Leave No Trace. That is very much a part of what we're doing here uh, and what everybody should do when they go to Glastonbury. But on the Monday, I mean, there's been a couple of years where my friends have been a bit lax with collect- uh, sorting the rubbish as they mm. go. And it means on Monday when you're packing up your tent, you're really tired. Tired, you don't want to have to be going picking up rubbish if you've already got most things mm-hmm. in bags already easy peasy yeah. it makes it so I mean, much even during the festival it's worth saying that every campsite there's the points where you can take the full rubbish mm, yeah they do of the, the rubbish collection points and also i don't know if you ever guys have ever or know anybody that signed up to be a worthy warrior Is oh that yeah anything? that was a thing in yeah. 2017 wasn't it yeah, yeah i think it's been a couple of years now and I've, yeah. i think it was quite successful people they also go around and i think the way they're assigned you, when you apply, you assign yourself to which campsite you're likely to camp mm. in, and and kind of you're then given a big batch of bin bags and and, and recycling bags to hand out, and you're encouraged to mm. go and make sure mm. people have got them. So if you don't manage to find one of the ones where people are giving them out at, at the information points, yeah. Yeah. just keep your eyes open because mm. there's going to be people walking around giving them out. Um, and if you've got extra ones, especially on a Monday, if you've got yeah. extra ones, just you know see the people uh, who are packing up and just make sure that they've got something. Yeah, it's that absolutely. community feel, isn't it? That's yeah. what I love. Yeah, just yeah. Gonna, it's not just about you and your stuff but just look around and see who needs some help and give them a bin bag yeah be helpful <laughs> but also remember that just because you're being nice and chirpy and helpful they might not be quite so receptive on a, <laughs> on a Monday morning at the end of, <laughs> of Glastonbury just you know give them a pat on the back and you know help them out but <laughs> so after after you got in and picked up your bean bags you walk to your campsite of choice in your campsite how do you choose the spot for your tent how do i choose the spot for what my do you, tent what do you look out for well, it's kind of an art really and i think everybody yeah. has their own kind of system it's like you want to make sure that you can remember where your tent is for me i like to be fairly near a crossroad mm-hmm. like where mm-hmm. two paths meet but not too close because mm-hmm. i don't want to be exactly. right on the edge because people walking through there's that hustle and bustle. So yes, you want to be, yes. But then again, More I don't want to be too outside. far in either because yeah. once you find the point, the reason I go for the crossroads is because when I get to that point, I then right, find my tent and that's where I yeah, yeah. go off the track mm. to my tent. So I don't want to be too far. Um, so for me, it's near a crossroads because I think that's a good visual point to get mm-hmm. to. And then... Just, I don't know, really, because when, depending on, <laughs> depend, again, what, for me, for yeah, me yeah. I, I almost have my pick of the, of the field. Yeah. Um, we'll move, we'll get onto it shortly, but I always camp in the same place. Yeah. And because I go for the overnight queue party thing by, you know, eight, eight o'clock Wednesday, I've, I'm set up, you know. Mm. But, that, but, but that's the thing, I th- you guys get inside way early than I do. Yeah. So some of us in my, in my group, we go ahead with all the tents. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, when we yeah, reach yeah. our campsite, because it's like, what? 
12 on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to a spot like, is this the best we can do? Should we keep going forward or and then we're going to lose it, this one? Yeah, that's When like, do we stop? It's like the Glasto Gamble, isn't it? Because mm. when, when, you go, when you go through the gate, there are, you, I can, you, there are obviously some people may, may be their first timers and they're so excited within the first 50 meters they're setting up their tent. Yeah. And all I can think to myself is you are so far away yeah. from yes. where everything is, but I can imagine it's quite quiet there at night for mm. camping because people who, who are more interested in being in the hustle and bustle aren't going to be wanting to walk all that way back because mm. it is a way if you put, if you um, set up your tent near the gate. Yeah. Um, so I was, like I say, for me, it's not so much I'm not looking around until I get to my my field yeah. where I've chosen. And then when I get there, there's kind of me at the front, my friends behind me and they're walking and then I'm just kind of looking around almost at nothing, but I know I'm looking for that perfect spot. <laughs> it's like, you, you know, when you have the, the, the Y-shaped stick and you're looking for water, I kind of <laughs> yeah. imagine me doing that and then all of a sudden I'll stop. This is the point. This is, the, this this is, is my spot one. right here. Do, do you, think, that, <laughs> you guys think about what we're positioning the door? Do you, do you look where the sun's going to be in the morning? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, the absolute dream is that you're somewhat under uh, a tree a yeah. little bit because then you've got shade in the morning so you mm. don't get woken up super early in the morning. I mean, for me, I'm similar with Rob. Got to be near-ish a path yeah. so that you're... You can get out easy without having to climb over too many tents or actually thinking about it, don't have to climb through tents on the way back in. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Morning. <laughs> um, once you've got changed. And once you've got changed, exactly. Um, but then also you want to be near-ish toilets, but not too close. Too close, yes. yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, people sort of go, oh, the smell, the smell. One thing, it's not just the smell being near the toilets, it's the banging of the doors. Bang, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, so I didn't even on think the, of that. So on the long drops, they have the metal yeah. doors. Yeah. And even if you think you're far away from the smell, just have a listen when you first get there to hear that because they're metal clang, clang, clang on the doors true. that will keep you awake until the early hours. The Top other tip. thing about the toilet area, and not, not just the toilet area because they are elsewhere, but taps. Taps, Taps yeah. are fantastic. Yeah, you might want to find where, readily the available. where the nearest where the point, is. Yeah. Yeah. But again, they can become quite... Um, sodden if you like mm. the, the ground yeah. not just because of the, the the water the footfall the combination of water and footfall so those areas can become quite damp and boggy so again not be too close to it but mm. also bear in mind people are going to be using that water very early mm -hmm. the early risers that go and yeah. stand there for 10 minutes washing their hair at yeah. the <laughs> that's another thing but. but yeah i would say definitely near a path ideally under um a shade it's some shade if you can get it Somewhat near the toilets, but not too close. But your um, mention there of sort of how to position yeah. your tent. I didn't realise this was such a big thing. Exactly, um, yeah. You have to think about it because you have to think where the bedroom is and which direction you're going to be lying. If you're on a slight slope, which a lot of Glastonbury is, you don't want to be rolling out the door in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. So I, I love how you said be... bedroom. It makes me think you've got this great big kind oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. elaborate in my castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the inner bit, so the it is the bedroom. <laughs> it is cool. Cool. I, know. <laughs> I know, it just made me think of it. Just made me think of anyway, so the bedroom. And... Yeah, where exactly? Think about where you're going to set up your uh, get the feng shui. Get the feng shui out. Exactly. <laughs> you, I, I I think you know you bring your duvet, etc. Well, it won't be yeah. long wow. till you bring a mattress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's thinking about um, which direction you're going to be sleeping in and making sure that uh, ideally the door is facing down the hill because if it is a wet year, if it's facing up, then you might get run off um, for water and mud yeah, coming yeah. in the door so it's always better to have the door facing somewhat downwards uh, and then yeah having the bedroom so it's not on a weird angle so that you can yeah, see you could roll down the yeah, hill I suppose you if, you've got, if you've got can. it side on yeah <laughs>
so yeah, those are my go to. Good start to the morning, maybe. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Waking up in the side of a, with all the with all the clothes on top. Yeah, of you me. all like, just end up bundled in one corner. <laughs> like, how have I got here? <laughs> what about yourself? Is there any top tips that you can enlighten us with? Well, I think it's, it's a, when you finally decide where you're going to pitch your tent to kind of. Take a look at the ground, see there's nothing, any rubble or anything that can damage you, yeah. your, the ground sheet of your tent. Or poke you. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's the first thing I would do before opening my, my tent and pitch it. But under that, as I say, my main, my main challenge arriving there is to decide when to stop. Is this the best I can do? Should I yeah. keep moving? And maybe if I don't see anything, maybe if it's too crowded ahead, I will go back and then I lost this one. So yeah, it's always, yeah. as you That's say, it. it's an art. It's, it's an art. gamble, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <Lester> gamble. <laughs> well, when you start pitching your tent, I think, uh, as you say, people start helping each other. So it's yeah. a good mo- uh, moment to meet your neighbors as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You can always borrow like a mallet if you need. Yeah, <laughs> well, I must admit, that's one of my things I do take. After I hurt my hand trying to push pegs in. I'm in that time. person who always goes, has anyone got a mallet? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Uh, um, some years I actually help people pitch their tent, someone who's maybe new to camping. Yeah, new mm, to camping so or good. maybe partied too hard in the yeah. queue and <laughs> then just decides to lay there flat out on the floor and then as they awake, their tent's put up. I, I just hope Fantastic. Not, <laughs> I just hope it's not someone who's just lazy and just pretending. Yeah. Yeah. How do yeah. I do this? Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's always amazing how they wake up just as the tent's finished putting up. Oh, you are. A, you are still with us there. Fantastic. Well, I've put your tent up for you. <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to ask Jessie because she organized like a really big group. Mm. How is the organizing of the tents around your spot? Yeah, I mean... There's always quite a few. Like I said, I think last year we did something like 17 tents, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those, people always want to camp in a big circle and all face each other and have this nice kind of setup. But I will say, Glastonbury, as big as it is, there's still so many people arriving um, and they need every bit of space they can possibly get. So I'm all about having that communal bit in the middle mm-hmm. um but i think a circle is is just a bad idea you need to sort of arrange the tent so that they're slightly wonky angles just so everyone's got enough space to put a chair out in the morning yeah and kind of yeah that's, there. that's a good balance i think isn't it exactly exactly um and and the other thing is if you leave too big a gap in the middle you'll wake up on thursday morning and someone will have come and put their tent in the middle now <laughs> definitely i mean definitely yeah. do not get angry with that person if that happens because the stewards tell you to fill in that space True. yeah so they might not have gone oh i'm gonna go and invade these people's space they've probably been told by someone you need to go in there and use that gap it's all about creating a space in the middle that you can use but not being too greedy uh you know don't be angry if people do come into that space Mm -hmm. and also the other thing i don't know if you guys have had this where people tie their guy ropes together or like put um, tape around their almost like like a little picket fence they create yeah yeah i don't don't think that's a good idea oh it's horrible and i just think i get that it's annoying when people constantly walk through your tents i get that but everyone's trying to get home everyone's trying to do their thing so just making those ties means it's more likely that someone is going to try and go through there not be able to and fall over and break yeah, the yeah, tent. absolutely yeah, 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 i mean exactly. it's not it's not an assault course we're not we're not trying to build an assault course but mm. if you uh remember that you know in the early hours of the morning when the party goers come back with miguel having <laughs> been out all night <laughs> drinking whiskeys <laughs> with jesse and they're, they're not going to be as 
careful with their footing. Yeah. Not yeah. Like, it's just that's the way it is. So people are going to trip up over things. I'm not saying don't put guy ropes out, but mm. those little picket fences are very, very difficult to yeah, negotiate. Yeah, you don't need to <laughs> mark your territory. This isn't yeah. like... Yeah, you know, I can see, yeah, why, people, I can see really. why people want to. Yeah. You want to create this lovely little space for mm. you and your friends. And I get that. And it's lovely. But you must remember that, that, that you know, pushing 200,000 people common, common days, sense, really. Yeah. I think, I think what a lot of people got to fit in. I, th- I think what Jesse said to have enough space to put your chairs you, 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 you're still going to have of a course. communal space yeah and I think it would, be, it would be foolish to think otherwise but I also think that this might have been where the, the migration of the gazebo came from mm. it's almost like a I'm marking my ground here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is here so please don't don't put your tent here again same with, with a flag if you put a flag in the middle and I get it and I understand and actually it, if it is raining it ca- creates that little area of respite for you and your mm. friends to sit but you know there's there's a difference between one of the small ones and I've seen some now that are Event they're shelters, just, they're huge. They're, they're right? almost like room size. <laughs> mm. And that really is too much. Yeah, I mean, Glastonbury actively say don't bring gazebos. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people been told by stewards to take them down. I mean, usually they put them up. There's not just not afterwards. the space but, to allow everybody to bring them. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're going to bring a gazebo, I get it. Especially like, for example, 2017, when it was so hot it on the Wednesday. Yeah. I will admit, we I tell all of my friends, don't bring a gazebo. Uh-huh. But me being a massive hypocrite, I went and found shelter under somebody else's gazebo <laughs> who wasn't actually using it at the time. Yeah. And I laid there for a minute because I was just so hot. <laughs> I get that it's nice to have that sheltered bit from either the rain or the sun but if you're going to do it place the gazebo slightly over the entrance to your tents like don't take up the entire gazebo space you know what yeah. i mean like utilize the porches of your tent be savvy with exactly. it exactly just mm-hmm. don't don't be me don't be respectful of everybody <laughs> be else. respectful there's, of those around there's you. a sentence i want to say but i we're trying to keep this really pg so oh, yeah uh, just say, what, it's and, don't be a blank you know what i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, say exactly. uh, i think nice everybody person. knows what you exactly. mean exactly be a nice person me. i mean think about if you were not doing that or whatever and you came across one of these people and it was I don't know Friday morning and for whatever reason you just decided to arrive and Mm. you think right I've got to put my tent up and there's nowhere and then you look over here and you see this like four tents taking up an absolute it's you know you'd feel annoyed wouldn't you and I think generally that's the kind of thing they're trying to avoid yeah exactly which is a is a question that I see coming frequently is like if you can save spot for someone else which I I still think uh, yeah if you want to do that you bring their tent yes. and you prepare uh, yeah. your IRA together then. Yeah, right? I think like you I can do. you can certainly try and, and I think I think this with a lot of things. You can try and save a space. Like it happens with car parking spaces. By all means try and save it. But if somebody else comes along and wants it, well you've kind of you've had yeah. your go. Mm. Um you've got no entitlement to that space. I think if you're gonna do that, at least be at your tent, you know, and you won't be able to save it for a day or two, but if no, you have one not. friend who's, you know, running an hour behind yeah, you, exactly. then that should be fine if you just say, look, sorry, I've got a friend coming. In the ideal world, you take their tent, as Miguel yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if not, then, you know, at least be there actively uh, kind of saying, oh, sorry, guys, I've got a friend coming in a minute. Yeah. I was saying to Miguel on the way here, um, this is about Bestival, so completely another story. Uh, my group in 2012 at Bestival were told by stewards, please use that space, go in there. Yeah. We set up our tents and it was clear that the 
people there had made a ring and they were hoping to keep it as that. But we were told to go in there, put up our tents. They weren't even there to say, you know, please don't camp here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, when they came back, they were really mean and really horrible to us. So it was not very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best start of our festival. It's just that it can happen, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. If to... it does happen, just, yeah. you know, it's they've probably been told to camp there. Don't be mean. Yeah. Is it probably the type of people who in the tube use a seat just for their bags? Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Definitely that kind of person. I mean, you can't, we can't tell you what to do and what not to do, but if you are going to leave a tent-sized gap, it's your risk. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And what you're saying is the ethos is Glastonbury to share. We're share. All yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We're Absolutely. All yeah. One of the other like different things about Glastonbury is that they actually allow fires, which a lot of festivals have kind of said absolutely not so far. Yeah. So they put trust in us, which is good. Mm-hmm. But Rob, I think you're the perfect person. Have you uh, used, Have you had a fire there? Do you get I, the firewood? What do you know happens? what? I, I've had a, a number of experiences with fire and this goes dates right back to being in the cubs in the scouts and mm-hmm. campfires now obviously we are talking about campfires specifically and i think there are there are a number of things with campfires that you just kind of need to be aware of the size of the fire mm. for me is it, generally speaking when people have campfires at glassbury it tends to be the little ones they get the the wood which is available i think i don't know if it's specifically but i from memory i tend to notice that they sell it by the more convenient stall area so yeah. i just can't remember exactly where it is but there's it was by there's a few by, of them i think yeah but it's probably and they, they do sell it and, and there's that it's quite um popular to take it down to the stone circle or something not even if you don't have it by your tent because mm. the thing with having a fire by your tent is um wood will crackle and and, and will yeah. spit embers mm. so you've always got that kind of whilst it's not likely to burn your tent down Holes. a little a little ember may singe or or, or okay, burn a small yeah. hole in your tent mm. so it's just something that you've got because they do crackle and even if it lands on you it's not i mean it, it you'll you'll feel it and it may give a little burn but it's not going to cause so much damage but to something like whatever tents are made of nylons and polythenes and things mm. like that I don't know exactly what it is but it will melt mm. and even if it's that tiniest little hole yeah. you know for a fact that it's going to rain if that happens if you yeah. get that little <laughs> hole in but that's your expensive tent there yeah. with a hole in it you don't want yeah, that so if you're going to have uh, a little campfire fine but you know just bear in mind you're surrounded so that's not just you that's other people around you so whether they're sat close whether they're sleeping whether they've got drinks out even the wind direction if they're sat close by because the thing with fire is it's nice it's warm but it, the, the, the smoke does have that kind of smell to it that, mm. that just clings to your clothes mm. um, so either a sudden change in the wind might blow and fill your smoke uh, your tent with smoke mm. that's going to make everything smell mm-hmm. so just be aware of that and other people around you one of the things that we say what well, I would say when I'm talking to people about fires if you're going to have them and this counts for the small barbecues as well have something nearby that would be sufficient if yeah. you needed to extinguish okay. it quickly. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you're going to go for the small small um, bonfires, because they, they, they are just for a bit of fun while you'll sit around them in the dark, uh, a two-litre bottle of water generally will mm-hmm. be enough to knock it down. And then you, you probably, if you've got um, the walking boots on, stomp maybe out. stamp out any embers afterwards, but definitely have something. And that just shows that um, for people around you, that you've thought about it you've got that little bit of respect as well that, that you have got a fire you've recognized the potential and you've got that bottle of water there to put it out but i think it you know not just that when you go to bed i've seen people just sort of get up and walk away from a dying fire and go yeah i'm going to bed now it's like no you need to put that out because that will still keep going for a couple of hours so oh, absolutely just, you know, I mean, and, and even sense. if something like a little gust of wind picks up if that blows yeah, into yeah. that bottom that's going to give it some 
some extra oxygen in there and it's going to burn up again. It mm. could, it could again go to if you left a small dying pile uh, like embers and smoldering, there could get a, just a little breeze on there might be enough to to produce mm. to pregnant a flame again. And unattended fires tend to be where these problems come mm-hmm. from, which is what I said about having that bottle of water. And the thing. Especially don't, if, don't confuse with a bottle of whiskey, though. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not. Or, or vodka or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you don't want to go throw anything like that on there. But <laughs> when you people have got the, the little circle of tents and they leave it, I sometimes wonder whether they're thinking it might keep them that little bit warmer. This brings me on to a point which has happened, and I have heard of it happening, is people that use the disposable barbecues. And when they've finished and it's died down just to those burning coals, mm-hmm. if they've taken it inside their tent... but to keep them warm what that what will happen is it's going to continue to cause carbon monoxide and unfortunately you know if if it burns and 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 fills your tent with carbon monoxide you you will die it's the because, silent, silent killer because, isn't yeah it? it is a couple of lungfuls of that will knock you unconscious and then a few more and that's it and you can't smell carbon monoxide whilst yeah. you can smell the fire so even if it's cold and I don't know if this is common knowledge or people <laughs> worry about things like this I certainly do but if if you see anybody that's got a disposable barbecue in, inside a inside tent. Their, even, in, even if, if in you're the in the sleeping part and you've got the the thing in in the porch area absolutely no. not it, it's incredibly dangerous yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. incredibly dangerous so i mean i've given a few you know definitely do nots kind of with fires <laughs> or, or at least cautious but I, I, I kind of the thing about fires is i find them quite mesmerizing as well mm, so true. <laughs> i'm not saying don't have them because i think they're they are really nice um and they are warm and pretty and, yeah, and whatever yeah. just you know if you've got that Be little sensible. bit of foresight of sen- mm-hmm. being sensible i think you can i think it's really good advice but i'd much rather join the big campfires you can find yeah, around absolutely so, uh, i mean stromerville uh there's a big one stromerville mm-hmm. isn't it and oh, as you say stone circle they always have a little good one in the center huge. and with someone looking after well, and thing. it's thoroughly enjoyable it's one of the highlights for me yeah i mean you talked about me um and having I, campfire i don't generally have them because of that exact reason miguel and That's i think exactly it's, the, it's it. the proper campfire experience because then you're going to be with strangers that maybe we're going to become friends yeah oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a full campfire experience uh, there are no strangers at glastonby there exactly. are just friends yes. you haven't met yet okay so we've talked about setting up camp and getting everything ready and you know what to have with us and everything like that but we haven't actually spoken about where to camp mm. so Miguel, enlighten yes. us. Where where do you camp? <laughs> so the last my last two times at the festival, I've, I've been camping at Payne's Ground, which is sort of near the, the park area near Arcadia. Yeah, yeah. And that's my choice because I find it a good balance. It has a party atmosphere, but it also has a bit of quiet in the yeah. evening. In the evening. Like you get quiet. Every episode there's this moment where I say this. We all laugh. Yes, I stay up. I stay up until the sunrise. <laughs> So yeah, at least during the early hours, it's quite quiet to sleep there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I go to Payne's Ground and it's also, well, it's near the southeast corner. Uh, it's a nice walk from the Stun Circle after I see the sunrise. Because yeah, it's quite close to the, the old railway, isn't it? And also yeah. that, I think it has good connections to take you to other places, right? yeah. to other areas of the map. So that's been my choice in the last two years. 
I've just realised we've been talking about the old railway. We might just actually good, have to explain what call. that is. <laughs> yeah. it, well, it is quite clearly an old railway line, um, but it's like a raised, like very straight uh, path that goes along the bottom end of the site. Yeah. Just for any new which, which is great to take you quickly to... The, it's a very it's good... It's like the motorway, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like motorways get from east to west, easy, easy quick. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it goes across and it's quite nice. There's a lot of little things in, in the middle, like little... You got the permaculture that... Well, I'm, I'm going to another subject now, but... <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, this, uh, if you walk into down the railway, there's a lot of things going on the sides yeah. as well. <laughs> so it's, it's it's nice having that close by where from, yes. from where we're camping. But it's good to note there was a switch between Paints Ground and Dairy Ground. Yeah. They changed the name, I think, two years ago. I'm not sure exactly how. I think they just realized they've been calling oh, yeah, it. Right <laughs> yeah, so if anyone is going to uh, maybe read some forums or advice from a few years ago, have that in mind, that the names the names change. So now they do. The Paints map- Ground used to be Dairy Ground. Dairy Ground used to be Paints. It's very complicated. <laughs> I think, yeah, especially in recent years, you, you kind of have to really check the map each year because mm. for the changes. They change you? names and add names, definitely. So you've uh, we've talked about the the, the uh, old railway line being yeah. being there, and that's that is handy. And, and some of the other, what other kind of things really sell that camping spot to you? Well, because it's, I mean, I chose that mainly because of the location. Mm-hmm. It's, near, it's yeah. near where I end my nights, and uh, it wasn't my first uh, campsite actually. My first Glastonbury, I end up at Busher Grounds. Okay. Well, well, it's not too far away, is it? Mm. No, no, it's, it's still close. Uh, I, I go through Busher Grounds is when I, I walk. I'm walking from Gate A to Paines Ground. I go. Past it, and I look at it with a quite fond memories yeah, of yeah. Bushy Ground. Uh, <laughs> Walk but this, down memory. <laughs> yes, but it was 2011, my first Glastonbury. I got there late in the afternoon. When I reached the first uh, campsite information point, they told me uh, all my first choices were ready, full, full capacity. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. recommended me Bushy Ground, which was a new campsite, I think, that year. And that's where I went. Uh, there was a lot of space there, even at 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I would say Bushy Ground is still a good choice if you get there later on uh, Wednesday. But after being to my second time and my third time with Glastonbury, and now I know what I want from it yeah. <laughs> and which areas I visit most. I I I chose. Actually, my first choice was Park Home Ground. Ah, oh, good mm. choice. But I, I, when I get there, this was, what, 2016, I think? I couldn't get a spot there. Then I found out about Payne's Ground. And then 2017, I ended up going back to Payne's Ground. Which I think happens a lot. People tend to go back to the mm. campsites. Yeah, I think when you find something you like and you, you have a good experience there, then, yeah, I think people tend to, to like to go back to what, what they know. Mm, yeah, sure. it, 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 yeah, if you work for you one year, you end up just going back. Wait, Park Home Ground, I'm sure that's where you camp, Rob. Is that yeah. right? Well, yeah, I suppose the secret's out. I wasn't actually... <laughs> I just said I was going to keep that one close to my chest. But yeah, Park Home Ground is, is in fact, where I've I've camped every year. Every year that I've Since been. Since 2002? Since 2002. I'd See, be people lying, tend to go back to the I would, first yeah, Well, I, I'm totally guilty of it. And I would be lying if I if I said it was called that then. I I don't know. I, I wasn't mm. quite so into uh, looking at the map, uh, knowing what the names of things were in those first mm. years. I was kind of just to find my way around and explore and learn the way I, you know I didn't go by signs or anything like that but so I've, I've been coming there every year since 2002 that hasn't changed but the things around me really have changed yeah. you know mm. it just cover, ticks every box for me it ticks every box for me it's nice and flat the way that the paths are set out I can I can find myself my little crossroads or it's a T-junction area yeah. where I can I can use that for a, a point of reference it's not too far to the lockups um, just, just down the way there are some long drops but there are 
uh, out the way enough that the, the, the noise and the smell doesn't bother me. Um, and also there's some compost quite close and I prefer to use those. There's a water point, a tap, again, not too close, but not too far away. Yeah. Um, and other than that, you know, everything else that I could want, <laughs> I, you know, I could use the alarm clock of, of the other stage kicking in <laughs> as a means of me waking up and I can use, since it's moved, Arcadia. Uh, as a means of it's time to well, not go to bed but go and find somewhere else to, to party for the rest really, of the day <laughs> you can always find your at least the area you're in just follow the fire exactly I, <laughs> you can, I mean the thing with even if you've got no sense of direction if you plonk yourself between Arcadia and the other stage you're in about the right area mm. to find your tent and if you've spotted a flag nearby you can't, you can't be too far wrong so it does take a little bit of time to walk there but it's totally worth it and if, you, if you're going on to Oxlayers which is the, the next field along towards the other stage again you, you're almost there yeah. um, a friend of mine used to like to camp there I convinced him otherwise that, <laughs> that, 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 that it was better to stay where we are because it is just that right side of being less hectic the, 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 there isn't as much kind of constant foot traffic you know like you say it, it is really close to the um the train line and yeah. you do get a lot of people using that as, as a as a cut through which is that is busy but then we're kind of set back a little bit. So, I mean, I, I can't fault it. And I probably should to try and deter people from yeah. overcrowding really me. Yeah. Don't go there. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of it. Look, uh, th- that's what we're here for. And honestly, it's for me, uh, it's it's the, the perfect spot. I'm not going to let everybody in on the exact location because that is, I have perfected oh, over years. But, yeah. Yeah. but, you know, you've made me give away my spot, Jesse. So, come on, let's hear yours. <laughs> I've made you. Okay. All right, then. We'll take that. Um, my spot is uh, very different from you guys. I'm on the other side of the site. We always aim for big ground and we have always got big ground. And okay. that is located um, kind of northeast of the site um, near Gate B. It's probably the closest gate. And it's people know it because it's almost like at the back of the pyramid field. So pyramid faces out onto the field in front of it. You've got the tree at the back that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. And then big ground is just behind that. People always recognise it as well because it always has the peace tent, which is the lockup that has the big peace sign mm-hmm. on the top. Yeah. So yeah, we always aim for there. Um, reason being is, um, you know, people just go, oh, you want to be, be near the pyramid field. No, like that's, I mean, I watch some bands on the pyramid field, but that's not, I'm not one of those stay by the main stage all day. For me, it's because it's just easiest access and quickest access along a kind of corner access, I guess. So we're oh. in the corner. And then if you go one way, you walk along the top of the pyramid field and you get to John Peel and Silver Hayes. Uh, and if you go the other way down what's known as Muddy Lane, uh, you get down to Williams Green, uh, West Holtz, The Glade. And, you know, from West Holtz, obviously that's easy access for the area. one-way system. I into Yeah, area. I love West I love Holtz, that right? Area. It's yeah. like super but easy access for us. Muddy so. Lane, that's new for me, actually. Muddy Lane, yeah. you didn't know that. No. Muddy Water Lane, I can't remember. I well, think okay. it's, I'm sure it's Muddy Lane. <laughs> yeah. Everybody first to it is Muddy Lane. Um, yeah, so you get to West Holtz and then that's straight into the southeast corner for the evenings so for me location 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 (laughs) location. um the first year i went there which was my first glastonbury that i had no choice in the matter that was when my friends camped they got there so early that they were very lucky to be along the tree line which meant there was shadow in the morning so that was an absolute dream we haven't i have yet to manage to do that again (laughs) um because of the size of our group we've ended up camping a bit further out so not along the edge uh, under the nice shade but still it's great and it used to be uh until 2015 this was another big selling point (laughs) for my Mm. friends they used to be the site of the only flushable porcelain toilets until Uh, 2015 uh so they had 
rows of these uh, porcelain toilets cubicles on a lorry which was very odd oh. <laughs> so like on two lorry uh, trucks or lorry beds I guess they had uh, these um, oh, no, toilet cubicles yeah. uh, flatbed festivals flatbed in London to, yeah. as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, they used to have those at the top of Big Ground but um, I mean for very good reasons of water short you know water use they don't have them anymore um, but they've still got really good kind of new long drops um, around the area as well so yeah that's why we've always gone there uh Again, for location purposes, mm-hmm. it's on a hill as well, but not too steep a hill. So if it does get very wet, you're mm. not at the bottom in a muddy kind of soak up area. I, yeah, I, I think it's just where we've gone and where we always aim for. We do tend to have a plan B, but luckily we haven't had to use it yet. Well, because you guys get there super early, so maybe it's not even needed, isn't it? I must admit, I, yeah, I've kind of got it into my mind that there's not really anything that can go hugely wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, you camp with a couple of people, right? I do. You only have it's a, a fairly attempts, small so. group. Yeah, mm. there's a fairly small group. Um, we get there so early. Mm. And I understand that people don't have the, you know, the, the privilege to be able to get there at, on a Wednesday or a Tuesday (laughs) or whatever. But, I mean, is it safe to say that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you camp, Mm. Glastonbury will still be the same, everything will still be there, and you'll still have a fantastic time. Yeah, of course. I mean, we can give you tips about why we choose where we choose, and that there are valid reasons, and uh, a bit of planning and perhaps getting earlier will help, but it's not the be-all and end-all. You you Mm. know, at the end of the day, you're going to have a fantastic time time whatever day you arrive. Yeah, I mean, I only need to have a plan B because there's so many of us. I think even big round, if you just had one or two tents, you'd be able to squeeze in there till about three, four in the afternoon on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, But because there's so many of us and we all want to camp together, that's the only reason we need to have a plan B. If we did get there and there wasn't space for us all, either we wouldn't necessarily have to uh, put our tents up in a circle. We'd still be in big ground, but slightly split off. So we'd fill in the holes. Or, yeah, we'd have a plan B and, you know, end up somewhere more towards the northwest side, uh, you know, all that kind of um, pylon ground yeah. and stuff like that. We'd end up, we'd head that way and it would not be the end of the world. So it's 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 good to have an idea of where you'd love to go uh, and then also factor in a plan B or just go with the flow if you're a bit more chilled than me. <laughs> so I think kind of a good way to wrap it up would be it's great to have a plan and I think as long as you've kind of got a realistic approach to it then you're going to have a reasonable effort and a reasonable chance of getting what you want you know if you are arriving on a Wednesday morning then yeah have a great big scope you know have your plan a maybe a plan b if you're arriving a little bit later in the week even yeah. to as late as friday just have a think about what the likelihood is what the situation is definitely mm-hmm. going to be and kind of set your expectations accordingly there's no reason for you to be negative mm-hmm. okay Isn't ask it? the stewards would be my thing honestly Definitely. they, they yes. are yeah. radioing around they know where's full where's they have the full map and they go mm-hmm. color coding how, yeah. how, how full it is yeah yeah, for the first time, it's definitely a good strategy. So ask the stewards. They'll give you. A, they'll also tell you how long it's going to take you to get there, mm-hmm. aren't they? So I think definitely take on their advice. Use them for the information that's available. Now we've been to, fest, to the festival many times. We choose our campsite according to the way we experience the festival, mm-hmm. yeah. which is something that someone has never been there still doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, Would you I say think... that we experience the festival the way that we do because of where we camped that first time? Oh, and that's what we're used to, you know. Really good question. So, my... so maybe where you end your first time is going to shape you forever. I think, <laughs> I think it might. I think it might. So maybe there is something to say, actually, throw, 
throw caution to the wind and maybe we'll camp at your end of the festival, Jesse. And you, yeah, and you come down <laughs> and camp where we do. <laughs> well, that's I was a the, say. <laughs> terrible reality show idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, campsite swap. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I have camped down your end. It's not yeah. like I've, uh, I have tried it. I and I wasn't big ground the entire time. I've had a couple of years where we didn't manage to get in there. This was quite early on in my Glastonbury years. So when I didn't have so big a group, I've done oxlers that you said, or yeah. oxlers. Oxlayers, Oxlayers, whatever it is. Uh, and that was 2010. So it was a beautifully, almost too hot year. Uh, so it was actually quite a good place to camp. My only concern with that place has always been I, I would camp there again, but it's on a flat and at the bottom of the valley. So yeah. I've seen it get quite muddy when walking between uh, Dance Village, sorry, I was about to say, Silver Haze, I mean. <laughs> uh, You're and, saying and Jazz World next. Show, yeah, exactly, showing my age. Um, so between Silver Haze and Arcadia, like walking that, I've seen on muddy years, it's got quite nasty around there. Um, so that's why I don't camp there anymore. Uh, and I've also done Pennard Hill, which is the one that everybody always wants to camp at. It's always Pennard Hill, yeah. Pennard Hill. Uh, it's known as the party area. And I get it. Like, it, it, it used to be right next to South... Well, it is still right next to Southeast Corner. But it used to be you'd be able to nip into Shangri-La, you know, at the shortest walk. Since they've put the one-way system in, it's a bit further away now. But it's still got that party reputation of, like, party, party, party. Yeah. And it's a short walk home, isn't it? It's a short walk home short walk from home. the party town. Um, I don't know. I... I did it once. This was years ago. Well, 2011, something like that. It was it was all right, but I just found it was a big campsite, really loud. Uh, and I didn't really feel like there were enough toilets there. But again, this was 2011. This was a while ago. They might have yeah. fixed this now. But... I've, I haven't camp- I've been through it. I mean, mm. I've I've carried some stuff over there for friends that I took in. Mm. Um, they're, they're heavy items and I carried it over. And it's not somewhere that I would personally camp. It's a bit too. It's very. It's quite crowded, isn't it? Because yeah. a lot, of, a lot of people want to camp there, and it yeah. really is a case there. Yeah. Every square centimeter is yeah, covered. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, covered yeah, yeah. in tent, isn't it? You yeah. won't be able to have like a ring of tents it's, with a no. bit of space in the middle. Yeah, absolutely having not. camped in bushy ground and then Payne's ground, I can tell you that bushy ground, even by Saturday, you you, you have more room. There's grass, more room around there? you, yeah. and it, it feels more spacious really Pennard's just there's no grass is there it's there's just no yeah it's absolutely packed yeah, it's in very, you very will popular. probably fall over onto somebody else's tent when trying to get through and I'm sure yours. there are people that think hear that and think brilliant that's for me yeah yeah, yeah that's where I want <laughs> brilliant that's for but me but one thing with Pennard if it's going to be I mean we've messed up the climate so much I'm hoping it will be nice in June we're all positive that way but positive if it's not people. if you've seen pictures of flooded Glastonbury from 2007 of like uh, water up to the top of tents and little hats poking out yeah. of tents if you've seen those photos <laughs> snorkels yeah snorkels exactly people swimming to the tents if you've seen those photos that is Pennard Hill ground at I, the bottom so if you're gonna camp there my only thing is camp I, up the top do not be tempted to go oh it's fine I I'll camp top, down here yeah it, go the up bottom the is the last place halfway. to fill yeah yeah I love sending those images to someone who just bought their first custom very ticket. And then I explain, no, this doesn't happen much anymore. <laughs> yeah, they put prepared. drainage systems in, to be fair. Like, I know they put a big drainage system in after that happened. But yeah. still, the bottom of the hill is never the fun place to camp. You want to be at the top. But you know something I love, really? And it's good that you camp on the opposite side. I really like to have friends camping in different areas. To go visit and then them. It's great. It's yeah. Go, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, go, it's, fine. it's good to, I mean, we meet to go out in the festival, but I also like, oh, let me see where you're camping. And then it's nice to one day, and it's almost, like, yeah, just go and visit them. And it's they just, start yeah, showing yeah. you around, don't the they? The sense <laughs> of community. And then, oh, let's, let me just stop there and see if Jessie's at her tent. It's amazing that, that. to visit people. Do you, <laughs> do you find when you take people to it, you're like, okay, so the toilets are over here. And you start <laughs> showing them around like, yeah, this is where we sit. Showing her this is my chair. This is always here. 
it's so amazing. Like, but, but you do by take, Saturday you, to you just take go ownership visiting. of your little exactly. area, don't you? I love that part. That is one thing I say to friends who are going, and they say, "Oh yeah, we should meet up while we're there. We should meet up while we're there." I'm like, "Yes, but we have to meet up on the Wednesday or the Thursday because if you don't." Then there's absolutely no way you'll meet up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No. If you meet up on the Wednesday or the Thursday, and as Miguel said, you find out where they're camping. Exchange addresses. <laughs> exchange addresses, exactly. Then at least you know, like, if you're in that area, you can be like, oh, let's just see if Miguel's at his tent and you can stick your head over. And if yeah. you're there sitting, you'd be like, hey, and it's lovely. I think this adds to this feeling that those five days is just something different isn't it you yeah. disconnect from everything else and you just live in, inside this community I love it it's amazing you saying that's just made me think of something actually I'll just ask you has either of you ever tried the app where you um, mark, pinpoint, your pinpoint your tent I, I haven't personally I no but I'd love so, to know how good it is and how the accurate e it is. On the EE app, I can never say that, the EE e app. EE app. EE app. Um, yeah, I, I did it once and then never used it. Right. Um, but that was, uh, funnily enough, where the name of my blog came from. Oh, right. We were discussing this. We were talking about yeah. sort of that you can get tent finder apps, you can get little devices that you hang in your tent and you push a button on your phone that flashes. So you're like, this right. is my one. Yeah. So we were talking about all these different things and because people buy the same supermarket tents and they all look the same and yeah, you exactly. need to know which one's yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't used it, but yeah, that's another right, thing interesting. to we'll, we'll take try. out to the listeners. Have any of you guys used it and it's been amazingly accurate or is it more of a... It's just I don't fun. even know it's, what well, field I'm in. It's, it's fun to get lost, right? <laughs> well, yeah, no, because I was thinking... I, d- I wouldn't Stop use... bringing technology to my first <laughs> Well, I wasn't thinking of using it for my tent, but I was just thinking if, if, if your tent was over the other side of the oh, festival, I, I might think, oh, where was oh, it? I've down. only been here once, I'm never going to remember. If I, if I used it in that instance... But again, it's, it's part of the fun. Or, <laughs> yeah. or I'm note, by the flag. Yeah. Or if you're a new person and you get to the festival and you do exactly what we've mentioned, you get off, you are carrying all your stuff, you get in through the gate and you're you're like oh I, I'll just go to here and you don't know where you are mm. that could be quite good for the tent finder mm-hmm. app to sort of pin yourself so at least when you then start to get your bearings over the first day you can go ah oh, that's where that's where I've got a head back to yeah because de- details good. of the app aren't available yet and we don't no, know who's going to be developing it or anything yeah. like that yeah. but that was that was something that hopefully will still be uh, on well, the new I mean, they app they must have an app if they don't then they oh no they will I just yeah, I'm just hoping that, that the same it. features are available because mm-hmm. I, I yeah. imagine yeah. that was was a good one i mean we've discussed the campsites where we like to camp where we have camped Mm -hmm. previously and where we camp now but glastonbury is a lot bigger than that isn't it there's a lot of campsites that we haven't spoken about Mm -hmm. and obviously we're not gonna be able to because we haven't camped there but one thing i would say is that when the map comes out really i say really study it but have a think about all the different areas that are available to you have a look at the stages have a look at the kind of the different types of musics that those stages are going to be playing if you're looking for something a little bit more specific then maybe cater your camping choice to that each area i think has their their personality isn't it absolutely yeah uh, that's a good uh, glastonbury's official website they have a section on each of the main areas so it's good to do some reading on that (laughs) yeah you can look at acts who've played there previously the kind of the kind of vibe they're going for i mean some of them are slightly more obvious than others silver haze being obviously Mm -hmm. the dance area as a -hmm. a good example i mean if you are predominantly going to be listening to dance music you're going to want to camp near the Silver Haze area. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that just goes without sure. saying. Yeah, I would say 
get your group together and have a chat to see about what is most important to you. So if it's, I wanna get a good night's sleep or I wanna be definitely dry or I wanna be close to the car park, I don't wanna have to walk too far. Yeah. Like have that conversation, think about what is most important to you. And one thing, I mean, I've put on my festival blog, like uh, I wrote it for the 2017 festival, so I might have to update it when the new map <laughs> comes out. Yeah. Um, but I did a little breakdown of, of the different campsites and I gave them ratings out of 10 for these different factors. So I might put that as a as a link on um, on our page, and then you can sure. go and have a look at that. And then Definitely. at least you can have a chat with your mates and go right. Well, actually, I really uh, we would like to have a good night's sleep, so maybe we'll choose this campsite. It's about thinking what is most important to you about where you camp, and then you can have a look at all the different resources online. Another one, Torts Guide, is like a big one, very detailed. So it's a lot of reading, but if you really want to get into this, that's a good one to to research and, and see I, what's there. I definitely use uh, Torts Guide in my first years at Glastonbury, and also e festivals. I, yeah. I just spent going back 10, 20 pages to, yeah. and I was just reading discussion from years ago. <laughs> I mean, I think and what, you can also always start a new thread, make make a new question, and everyone there is very helpful. So it's another resource you can mm -hmm. use to understand what's going on in different areas and good suggestion where to camp. Depending on the type of person you are, you can put a question on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because. One thing that people like to do is talk about Glastonbury, and they always have done for such a long time, which means there's a lot of information from recently. There's a lot of information from previous festivals, isn't there, for you to for, for you to draw on? So, so basically, tap into the knowledge tap into of the it. veterans. Yeah, absolutely, that's a great way. <laughs> and that, it. That's what we want. That's why we do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, and Jesse's blog is going to be a, a, a great tool for that. Yeah, the, the festivals, like websites that we've spoken about. Amazing, yeah. And, and anything that maybe we don't talk about, we don't manage to cover in the podcast, um, use any of our socials, use any of our Twitter handles and ask us. We can, we can answer as many questions as we can. More than happy to do so. On that note, Rob, we actually uh, have once again asked you guys, the listeners, to help us out with this episode because all the campsites we've talked about are the normal, standard, buy your ticket, you know, in you go and camp in a tent. So there are obviously many options. You can pay extra for worthy view. You can pay extra and bring a camper van. Um, there are many external, there's uh, obviously accessibility camping as well uh, in various areas. You've got external campsites as well, things like tangerine fields and there's the teepees. So we have gone out to you guys and asked for any other experiences that we might not have done. And we've got some clips here now from, from, from you guys, the listeners. So let's jump in and hear some of those. Hello Glastocast, my name is Dan and if you so wished you can find me on Twitter at Caballos Blancos and I'm going to talk about what it's like to stay in the camper van fields at Glastonbury Festival. So I'm in a group of eight or nine souls, um, it will be eight if one of my idiot friends doesn't pay their balance this week and we are taking on Camper Van East as we have every year for the last four or five years or so. I'll talk a bit about some of the good things of staying in the camper van fields and some of the not so good things because there are a few but the single best thing is that you get to start your festival a day before everyone else. You can turn up on the Tuesday, spend a day bedding in, um, arranging all your gear. We always use Tuesday by having a barbecue and then sitting on the hill with some cans of beer watching the festival come alive. And that is such a treat on Wednesday morning when you wake up and you see people flooding to the public gate sea carrying their gazillion kilograms of gear. Um, it's quite a smug feeling. Some of the other upsides of um, saying the camper van fields are clearly comfort if you're in a van. Not so much if you're in a tent parked next to a van, but even then you will have more space than you do in any of the other public camping grounds on site. The toilets are okay. There's quite a lot of them. 
in relation to the number of people so they're normally fairly clean and you also get to hear when they're being cleaned so you can quickly dash out to use them after that some of the downsides are probably a bit subjective like most of these things one can be a fair old slog from some of your favorite places if for example for some weird reason your favorite place was silver haze then it could be about an hour's walk away from campervan east fields if like us some of your favorite places are southeast corner avalon greenfields um, that part of the festival then it's really really accessible to those another thing that can be a bit tricky at least uh, can feel a bit tricky is that you feel slightly disconnected from the main festival goings on because you're away in your van for 10 12 hours a day um, you miss some of the wacky noises you miss the smells and you miss the general hubbub of the festival some people don't like that in fact i've heard a few people say that's why they don't stay in the camper van fields i'd prefer to be in the thick of it the single worst thing about staying in the camper van fields is looking after your bloody ticket every time you go in and out of the festival you need to have your main glastonbury festival ticket on you so if when you turn up at a festival you get your wristband and you think that's it i don't need to do any more thinking then you're mistaken it's probably most annoying on the way out where you'll get given a pass out voucher when you might be on the verge of passing out yourself at two three in the morning and you have to look after this thing until you get back to the gate again in the morning i think another thing that's worth noting if you if you're staying in these fields is to take loads of your own food and drink because really they're pretty poorly serviced up on that hill in fact i can only think of one maybe two burger and coffee vans and not particularly inspiring ones certainly nothing like the beautiful food and drink that's down on the main site i think that'll do for now i hope to see you at the festival and catch you plodding up the hill of death with me on the Saturday morning. Cheers. Hi, my name's Jo. Um, this year will be my seventh Glastonbury. Of the six I've done so far, I've done 50-50 um, camping in the main site and camping in Worthy View. So I know a bit about both. I like both options, probably preferring Worthy View at the moment just because it's really convenient and obviously I'm doing it this year. I think it is worth the money. It's always worked out about 150 to £200 on top of the ticket for me and I think that's worth it for, you know, nearly a week's holiday. It's pretty good. Um, I do always have a bit of guilt. Is it a cop-out? Am I missing out on being in the main site? I don't know. Um, so when you arrive at Worthy View, I've always driven and arrived on the Wednesday. So I've just parked up and walked about five to ten minutes to the gate for Worthy View. Um, obviously, if you arrive later, it might be further, but you don't have to worry about where to pitch your tent because someone's already done it for you. Um, you check in, someone shows you to your tent. I think they can actually carry your stuff for you in a wheelbarrow. I've never done that, but I think they had that before if you gave some kind of donation or something like that. I've done all sorts of different tents there, from traditional tents to bell tent, last time and this year, um, scout tents. Those scout tents... They are that bit smaller, but they are generally closer to the main entrance to the festival. So pros and cons. The tents themselves, they're great. Heavy duty. You're not going to get rained on or anything like that. There are toilets up there. Um, they're flushing toilets. If that floats your boat, I'm not too worried about that kind of thing. But it's obviously another little bonus. And the main thing for me is showers. They're brilliant. There are some kind of communally ones and then some that have little cubicles in them different queuing times obviously for both then you also get a little pamper palace next to that where you can straighten your hair and dry it i think you can also charge your phones there you just give a donation when you go in uh, with those showers i always tend to get up when it's going to open shower and then go back to bed because the queues get crazy when you're leaving 
Birdworthy View campsite. You go through a little bit where there's some gorgeous views of the festival and places to buy food and coffee and that kind of thing. And then you go down the hill. Thanks, guys. You reminded me it's called the Hill of Death. Um, And you go down to the Pennard Hill Gate. So you're kind of above the stone circle there. That hill, obviously, the main pain is that the last thing at night when you're going back up. So I tend to do it in stages. And then the last bit is just the kind of backbreaker. They have kind of built steps into the hill, but it's still just a bit painful. And then other than that, really, I would just say um, tips for Worthy View. If you've missed out on booking it, don't worry, because I know that they don't tend to do an official resale for Worthy View, but people can cancel up until May and they sometimes put on individual tents. I know people who've booked them at the very last minute. So just keep an eye on that site. You might be able to book um other than that everyone have a great glastonbury so i really like that we've got other people involved and uh, the listeners and sending stuff in Is mm. it, i mean i think that's fantastic yeah. doesn't it just make you feel like we're really doing something good yeah and we're covering all bases it's not just our knowledge and our opinions we're Absolutely. at least uh, that is, that asking the, the wider part. public a wider yeah. spread of mm, information yeah. no it's fantastic so a big thank you to everybody that sent those in and also encouraging people to maybe think about how they can uh, send us stuff in the future as well mm, we'll, sure. we'll do our best to to put tweets out and what have you on our socials to let you know what it is we're going to be talking about and mm. definitely encourage more of that so yeah let's move on to our kind of the, the final topic of of today's episode and that's to talk about the toilets the toilet mm-hmm. situation yeah. <laughs> it's something that everybody if they even if they haven't been they'll have heard of they'll, mm. they'll know the the, the the many stories of, of the toilet situation at glastonbury due to the just just the nature of what it is so i think really we can kind of maybe quell and quash some of the more dramatic uh, opinions yeah. but you know and, and also talk about ways of of surviving mm-hmm. what is essentially something that everybody <laughs> is going to have to face yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point at some point so uh jesse why don't why don't you uh, why don't you start? Yeah, I think what we should probably do is kind of describe the the, the different because I mean I've heard some horror stories. They're like, oh, isn't it just like a uh, you know a, a hole over a giant bucket? It's like, well, <laughs> uh. um, so we should kind of describe what the different types are. I know up until uh, kind of 2011, they used to have the the single cubicle plasticky portable, uh, portable toilet, toilet things that yeah. you know with the blue liquid that you oh, know yeah. the horrible yeah. I think we all know chemical well. <laughs> things yeah you know the ones um, so they used to uh, you know have a lot of them because that was what was available but they uh, I think during the uh, fallow year of 2012 they sort of had a big revamp and rethink about how this is going to happen mm. so they redid all the long drops now these are the ones that people always go oh, but they've now been redone and they're a lot better than what they used yeah, to yeah. be and the long drops are uh, essentially a uh, sewage tank built into the ground so they you know dig a big hole out put the tank in cover it over well not cover it over but <laughs> <laughs> then build uh, build the cubicles on top of that but it's all now sealed it used to have you know a gap that you could really like it well, was gross anyway um <laughs> so uh yeah they are cubicles each has an individual toilet kind of like in. little stalls aren't yeah, they yeah little the, stalls they're up the bottom is open it's yeah, kind yeah. of covers so, you around the mid area so you can see the feet dangling, can't you? And then Never look down, Joe. Never look down. And then it's above the head, so... Yeah, it's a little stall. And then you've obviously got kind of like uh, loosey and sort of hole, but the rest of it is all kind of sealed in. So it's only when you look directly, directly, <laughs> directly down, down that you can right. see anything. But they're really, really well maintained, I think, mm. I, I've noticed in the last That's because of years. it's very open, right? So yeah, the, super open. The problem with the portable ones is because it was really 
closed in and gross. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really really horrible place to be up. in the in the heat in wasn't the heat. it the heat. The, when uh, the sun got I, I, on I those things just, it was it like a hot me, box <laughs> it would take me a few attempts to find one that i would be able to endure to there even was, get in <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> exactly. you open the door like no that's no. not, not well not the happening. smell is contained exactly, exactly everything is yeah well that's it these are all open air so you won't have a roof on them um but they're really well maintained they're cleaned super often uh yeah, I, I think they're a lot better than the old, the long drops of, of, of yesteryear. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've been remodeled and redone and they're really well maintained. So just don't don't be too worried about them. The only thing, as we did mention at the start of the episode, is the doors are quite loud. They bang so, a lot, don't they? I mean, they're metal doors. So basically. they're a metal door on a hinge with like a, a hook latch aren't they yes. that's 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 essentially it mm-hmm. um so there is a there is a little bit of movement clang 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 of yeah. metal, but that's about it that's that's and a fact isn't it that's the the second option uh, which is in my mind the better option but they're only in certain areas of the site um or at least they were in 2017 we'll see mm. they haven't talked about yeah. it this year are the compost loos those actually now i think about it are just a hole at the bucket it's a wheelie bin isn't it it's a wheelie bin underneath um, but those ones, they're great because they don't smell. There's no chemicals involved. Uh, they're all sealed off as well. And the idea is, is that you take a cup of sawdust in with yeah. you, you know, have a wee, do what you're going to do. Uh, and then you put the sawdust in over the top and then it stops the smell. And it also means that they can then take that away, put it on a big compost heap yeah. and you're actually helping the environment in that way. <laughs> they use them to produce energy, don't they? Um, yeah. I'm not Lord knows. exactly uh, sure where it goes, but it's yeah, far enough away that you don't smell it. business, I think there's a little story. You can yeah, read. there's a story yeah. about it. Natural <laughs> event. They, you, they definitely use it for something. So it's yeah. not it's a just, cycle. You know, a cycle. It's a cycle, exactly. <laughs> um, so those are the two types. You've got the uh, long drops, which are the classic kind of Glastonbury staple, and then you've got the uh, compost loos as well. So they're dotted around around the site. So again, you'll notice when you go to your campsite which ones are closest to you. Well, a little bit of Glastonbury trivia is that one of the reasons they end up doing the following year in 2012 is because they couldn't get enough portable toilets because of the London Olympics. Yeah, and policemen. So and toilets policemen. and policemen were all being yeah. used by the Olympics. So I wonder if that's maybe what gave them the time to push for better toilets, like the compostable yeah, ones, and revamp the long drops. Mm. If Michael Weavers want to <laughs> tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us know. You can just let us know. <laughs> Okay, so Jesse, you mentioned a couple of different toilet options there. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, for Miguel and myself, we get the added uh, benefit of being able to use the rhinos. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which these are kind of makeshift yeah. uh, bit, bits of fencing that, that, that they've got kind of plastic troughs in that, that we can use for, you know, a speedy, well, a, yeah, a speedy, I'd say a much quicker way much of, quicker, of going, yeah, of going really to the toilet. Holding, like, oh exactly, God, really yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, obviously having that option means that, that a lot more of, of the men can, can use that facility. So mm-hmm. the queues are a bit less for oh, for the women but yeah. my god even sometimes the short queues feel like an age yes. and yes. yet and yet when you look across and you see the the, the queues for the women's i don't know how you guys do it but <laughs> <laughs> years of practice <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I mean, obviously, that there is that option. But I remember seeing actually a a, a woman's option for yeah, that. Yeah, the shoeies. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, when people talk about festivals, they always talk about shoeies all the time. They're like, oh, you could get that. I mean, the plastic ones for me, I don't really see why. I don't know. I wouldn't really want to be carrying that around and having to wash it and all that. I don't know. No. But um, at Glastonbury. Only in certain areas. I definitely, I know they're by the pyramid um, field and I think there's another one somewhere else. I've got to remember where that is. But they have these specific sort of shiwi urinal areas. And my top tip for ladies is honestly, give it a go because <laughs> when you come off the pyramid field and you've just watched a big band and the queues for those toilets right next to that field are 
massive, like insane. You'll be waiting half an hour minimum. Um, if you just need a wee, you can run in there and they give you these uh, compostable cardboard kind of tubes. I've just realised I'm, I'm, I'm almost like using my hands to sort of <laughs> I'm looking do a diagram. The two boys are looking at me like, what? <laughs> oh, no, no, I know what it is. I just, yeah, I, know it. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought it was just an error for you to use your own. I didn't no, know they no, were they, giving they out give the compostable you, ones. Yeah, it's, it's all run by WaterAid and they give yeah, you these okay. compostable cardboard. So it's, you know, you can go in there and it's, it's disposable. You only touch the only, um, your own one. You know, you don't have to bring your own plastic one in there. And you run in and they've got um, little dividers. So it's like a urinal, like a boy's urinal. Mm-hmm. But they have dividers uh, between them. So, you know, you can still have a bit of modesty of yourself. So you go and you find a, a sort of a, a divided section. And then it does take a little bit of practice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that. Um, but once you've got it, honestly, it saves so much time. I um, can imagine. Especially if you're, uh, I don't know, this is probably going into too much detail, but wearing a dress or whatever super quick um, <laughs> and yeah it's 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 great and they're really lovely in there um you uh they you have like um areas uh with mirrors and things so if you wanted to touch up your makeup or your glitter there's loads of space in there to do that mm-hmm. as well which you don't normally get at any well, other that's toilets. true to be honest um, i think it's probably a lot cleaner and nicer <laughs> but than, than our yeah urinals. one thing i, I mm. really grind my gears on the men's urinal is people who drop cans or cups in oh, the yeah. how do you call the where Just the trough, trough, I guess. trough yeah. yes. Uh, it's because so they, lazy. they even have to put a lot of. Uh, they try to make stop that happening, and then it becomes a big mess. It's, uh, I don't and like that. Overflows it. Yeah, yeah, it's not great, but it does bring us on to one of the most the biggest frustrations. I mean, we have the the ability to stand up and pee, which means we can, <laughs> which means we can have these urinals, which makes the queuing a lot a lot quicker. However, there are still people mm-hmm. that seem to think that it's okay to stand and pee wherever they want it's so frustrating to see because every year they insist that we don't do it they don't just say not to do it they they talk about why and how bad it is the impact it has on the environment Mm -hmm. the impact it has on the local waterways Mm -hmm. it's not just a case of don't do it it's it's they even explain why it's important not to yet there are still people that insist on just peeing wherever they like on that, it's been said numerous times that the festival has almost been shut down because of the it, effect it has on the local water yeah, system. Yeah. So even if you're not an environmentalist, even if you're like, oh, I don't care, like if you enjoy Glastonbury, <laughs> Glastonbury will not happen if you keep doing this. So yeah. don't just think, oh, it's fine. I'll pee in a cup in my tent and then pour it out the side of my tent. Oh, yeah, that's oh it makes me so angry. It's part of the problem as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, or, or, you know, you boys were saying uh, at the urinal, like uh, if you put the cups in and it all spills over, that does it, it still as well. counts it's still going into yeah. the ground mm. you believe it or not you will there there are even people in the urinals who pee on the tarpaulin just yeah. on the fence part yeah, no that, not not that, even in the even not even in the, the trough, trough. I, just, yeah, there, I've like, seen that before you, you, went, is, you went there you're there oh, it's, it's just so frustrating na- so next to you there's there's no waiting why why <laughs> there are so like obviously we're very passionate about the festival and we mm. love it and we like to go and we care about it and seeing things like that just fills me with anger because they mm. clearly don't care and it I makes think one year, and it makes you oh, wonder so that's fine because obviously we're, we're, we're really angry about it but it makes you wonder why it makes you wish that they didn't get a ticket. Yeah. There are people yeah. who would care about the festival, who would follow the rules, because obviously when you get your ticket, the idea is that you sign up and you pledge to, to follow the rules. You want to mm-hmm. you want to leave as little trace, in fact, no trace on the farm, take everything with you and don't pee on the land. Now, when you buy your ticket, you're kind of saying, yes, I follow that ethos, yeah. I, mm. I, I embrace it, and then I won't do it. I, yeah, I, 
don't think that you're unique because you really, really need to go to the toilet. It's like the people when you're in the queue that trying to get past you. Oh, I'm going to have, please let me to the front because I'm, I'm really going to pee myself. What? So you think I'm standing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> you just have to learn to, to, to gauge your bladder. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're an adult. Obviously, there are many children in there, but, you know, be sensible. I was going to say, like, uh, I, I would love to be the green police. Do you remember the, oh. uh, do they still have the green police? The people who, like, are in the green tabards and they're yeah. really fun and friendly and they just run around, like, running up to people and being nicely saying, oi, don't pee on the land. But yeah, they, they, they made maybe the nice thing... One of the years to try to get people to stop it as well, which is always good, yeah. I mean, maybe they shouldn't if, be nice. No, you're about to they, say. I think they shouldn't. I think if you get caught, you, you should hmm. be blacklisted. I mean, at, at the absolute worst, if you're that desperate for a pee... Pee in a cup or a plastic bottle and then take it to take the toilet. Take it with you. Take it to, to the toilet. You know, I, yeah. I have, you know, I know people who pee in their tent into a receptacle and that's all well and good. Guilty. But then, yeah. <laughs> but then take it in the morning, take Every it with morning. you to the tent and yeah, empty it don't out. Just don't just, empty just like on the chuck ground. it out yeah. of your tent. That's disgusting. Just a little tip on that. In the past, I've tried various different containers, yeah. uh, and one thing that I, <laughs> one thing that I well, a few things I've found. Obviously, it has to be waterproof and have a lid. Um, however, don't use anything where the co- previous contents were edible, because if you're walk, <laughs> if you're walking along, oh, I don't know, people might say, "Oh, can can I have some?" Oh, no, you don't want to have this. So. Wait, what? Explain that further. If if what if they pee in a Pringles can? You mean well, then somebody yeah. might say, "Can I have a Pringle?" <laughs> and I, exactly. Well, I mean, that, I've clearly told you that story before. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but and you kind of just have to go no, and then all right, why are you being so harsh? Well, it's pee. You don't want what's so, in the can. Rob is a bit in the mood today. So so I've I've perfected the. I now take a uh, fabric conditioner bottle. Mm, which is it you could use any drinks bottle but as long as it's a again you might have the issue with drinks bottle of of, but a fabric container i think uh people can generally judge why you're now when i see you in the morning with a fat like a fabric conditioner bottle i'll be like oh yeah okay (laughs) walk into the toilet with it yeah but i mean again it's just one of those things that we can do men can do and it's just a tip from me if if you if you top tip bring a comfort bottle because you know what it's like when you when you when you when you when you're in your tent and you think, oh, I can't be bothered to go to the loo. Which, yeah, it's good. It's guilty. Good. Um, I mean, if it's during the night and you wake up really needing to eat uh, and it's rainy or anything, it could it could take a, exactly. an hour just to go a quick stop by the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and what basically what I'm getting at is I'm not suggesting don't go to the loo because it's lazy. I'm saying if it's going to stop you peeing out the front of your tent. Mm, exactly. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm point, getting really. at because yeah, no, exactly. guys are going to do that. So this is actually a way of admitting that you're not going to go to the toilet you're not going to walk all that way, but also not peeing. So just take that bowl. I mean, if you can fill it, then <laughs> maybe the, maybe you do need to walk to the loo. But um, yeah, not that, that's that's my point I was getting at. So don't pee on the land, guys. That's our number one yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely don't pee on the land. Um, and just, yeah, be a bit more respectful. Maybe one day it will happen that the wristband will be sort of electronic and they'll be able to scan that's it. it. Oh, and then like remove, remove maybe back. yeah maybe that's <laughs> where it's going to become a point based system <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is dystopia you've been blacklisted stop bringing technology in <laughs> and then they go hey yo you let me scan it boom you lose Bosh. points not getting the last time well maybe that's well you know <laughs> yours, is, yours is nicer mine's a zero tolerance mm. out <laughs> do we have any other uh, kind of toilet top tips I was going to say for me as a lady uh, I'm always going in with uh 
I don't know, bags and coats and all this kind of stuff. Actually, I'm sure you guys are too. If you haven't got a friend there to be like, can you hold my stuff? Um, I take, somebody told me this a few years ago, actually. I take the little S hooks, they're called. They're like essentially a, a bit of sturdy wire bent into an S shape. And then you can hook it on the side of the toilet and hang your bag on that. They have the, um... <laughs> Just to avoid confusion, you don't hang it on the side of the toilet, do you? Oh, no, no, no sorry, no. The toilet door, obviously, of course. No, I knew what you meant. Um, but yeah, just it just gives you... If the floor is muddy or, you know, like, well, toilety, you don't want to put anything on the floor. So you've got yeah, a way yeah. of hanging that up. So that's my little... What I bring with me. I always have one of those in one of my bags or bum bags. And then I've got somewhere to hang things if I need to. I, I use the, the hook they used to, cl- to close the door. So mm. b- before closing the door, I just put it through uh, my, the hand of my backpack. Or you can even put the, the lubro and then you can just... Yeah, yeah. The paper you... They're handy the on the portalies, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I've, I've given my top tip previously, I believe. Um, always keep a loo roll with you and keep it in a Ziploc bag. Keep it dry. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Once the toilet roll gets wet, it's Last fairly good for the bin. It's useless, <laughs> isn't it? So always in a Ziploc bag. The other thing I always have in a Ziploc bag in my rucksack is a spare pair of socks. Unrelated, but... <laughs> no socks dry. are very important. We say uh, that. Yeah, very I mean, important. We haven't mentioned socks for a while, socks. so... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it might be worth uh, doing some squats. That's the word I want. Oh, ah, that's yeah, because you, 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 you need some strong heat because you're going to have to hover. Yeah. Some, mm, hovering. Some strong, <laughs> strong quads, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. strong quads, yeah. So. Glastonbury training. Are we yeah, doing yeah. this? Is this yeah. what we're talking about now? Hovering. Um, but say that, there was one time I, I, I was, I think it was early afternoon, I was just going to buy something to eat and go back to my tent and I stopped by the toilet. And the cleaning team has just left. And yeah. he, there was no queue, it was empty and everything was spotless. To the point that I felt so comfortable, I sat down. You actually I, sat down yeah, on the actual seat. Was it was one of the ones that had the, the edge, actual seat that goes yeah. up and down, not just you sit down straight. Yeah. Was, they just cleaned, I, mm-hmm. and I got comfortable, and then I started checking Twitter, even, <laughs> and I took my time. And I got so comfortable that I actually left my mobile <laughs> in there. You left I, the phone. I left my phone. I, I, I what, put you it, lost it? No, I put it oh, next you, to me to maybe... Start the cleaning up. Okay. <laughs> and then I only noticed two... I mean, I, so I, I went back to my tent. I started my day. And I'm like, wait, where's my phone? And I had no idea what I left it. But uh, I... Ta- oh, actually, I don't think I ever said this podcast. But I, I tag everything. Yeah. <laughs> I put my contact number on my phone, on my oh, camera. Yeah, right. Tag on my backpack. Mm-hmm. because and, I, and it's very useful because I've I, I, I lost things in the past. <laughs> many things in the past. But they always come back. So my Excellent. phone came back. And I actually asked, well... You know where he was found? Uh, apparently in a toilet. Ah, good oh, story. Oh, so somebody found it and then like you had yeah, a tag on it and they in. called you. Yeah, oh. because I, I bring a, I bring a, well, people call it dump phone, I think. So I, I bring a, a really, phone. those phones <laughs> that the battery lasts the whole week, like mm. a, just a two, two, 2G phone. Yeah, and it. I leave that in my tent. Yeah. And that's the phone number that I used to tag everything else. Ah, so okay. when I, uh, at one point when I was in my tent, I checked that and there was a message, hey, a smartphone was found and did, 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 did. so oh, yeah amazing. tag what everything a great story though tag, tag everything yeah story. and uh, in the end good advice I would say you see uh, where that story was going I thought you were going to say you got so comfy you fell asleep yes that's what I thought you were going to say but there we go that's a good testament to sometimes the toilets are so clean that you can A exactly. actually yeah. sit down and B you know relax and be positive chill about out. it be positive about it it's got to yeah. be done I, I might I don't, is this going to survive the added room I don't know <laughs>
Well, guys, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. It's been fantastic to see you. Great yes. getting the gang back together. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Having all three of us. Hopefully, everybody's uh, got something, a few really good points out of that. We've certainly enjoyed talking to you. And uh, yeah, so until next time, I think we're going to have to say goodbye from Glastocast. Ooh, episode oh. five, all done. Thank you very much. Thank you. See Thanks, you next guys. time. See you. Bye.